Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf. You always want to deal with the best. Best product, best sales staff, best service department. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Talk with Jeff Byers in a few moments about Penn State Wrestling. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. Dwight Howard, of all people, goes outside. Rebound Dwight Howard, outlet Troy Daniels. Daniels up the right side, hands it to Caruso. Top of the key, Dwight Howard for three. Good! Dwight for three, and the Laker bench goes nuts. He had eight points, 13 rebounds, but... I ask this question, Matt. If you hit a three and it's against the Knicks, does it actually count? No, All it right. does not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they beat the Knicks by 30 points last night. 117 to 87. Everybody should. Like the Knicks, to their credit, are absolutely awful. All right, so uh <laughs> They're just terrible. There they are. Yeah, they're they're an embarrassment to the league right now. I mean, my goodness. You could make, not even though this isn't true, but you could make all sorts of runny jokes about a CYO team. All right, so um, (laughs) I think the CYO team's a two-point favorite. All right. (laughs) Penn State Wrestling. It's hard, hard work. Yet, over the last nine years, especially eight of the last nine, they've been so good they've made it look easy, even though it is absolutely not. But this season looks and feels like work because they've been hit with some injuries, especially Anthony Cassar, who's now done for the year. That has brought with it some challenges. And with that, we bring in Jeff Byers, the outstanding play-by-play voice of Penn State Wrestling. Jeff, Happy New Year. Welcome, my friend. Happy New Year. Thanks very much, Steve. All right, let's start with Anthony Kassar. Obviously a tough blow for a guy that uh, has worked his way to being a champion. Yeah, it's really just, uh, I mean, it's uh, tough, obviously, for the team. You're losing a potential national champion uh, again this year and one of the real leaders, but it's devastating for him with uh, all that he's put into it. The, uh, I guess the, the one blessing is that he did have that uh, run last year and, and obviously made the most of uh, what is almost definitely going to be his only collegiate opportunity. It's, uh, I'm not sure anything has officially been said, but he will not be uh, back next year. I would be beyond shocked, even though he does have a, another year of eligibility that was granted him by the NCAA. He's uh, he's ready to move on and, and pursue other uh, endeavors, and uh, you know, part of that is going to be trying to get this uh, shoulder healthy, which is uh, a taller order than I think he was bargaining for. Yeah, and that's it's it's hard because you're looking at somebody you feel like he, he's worked for everything he has. Would that be fair? 
Yeah, very, very hard. Uh, more than any other individual, and, and you know, this sport is known for hard workers in this program under Kale, but I, I don't know anybody that has put as much into it as, uh, as Anthony Kassar from the get-go. All right, so how did it happen uh, along the way? Um, because he's had to battle other injuries before, but how did this yeah. one happen? Yeah, this one, so the, the shoulder, uh, he, he suffered the injury, uh, I, I believe it was in the process of winning his first uh, freestyle uh, junior world championship and uh, ended up having to have surgery on it. And then that surgery didn't quite take the way uh, it should have. And, and he ended up having to get a, a second surgery, which is a large part of why he basically missed uh, in all three seasons of uh, competitive action here with Penn State. And so, uh, you know, the last time they put it together, and, and, you know, I am not a medical expert and I'm not trying to play one on the radio, but the way it's been explained to me uh, by folks that do know what they're talking about is, uh, you know, basically the shoulder is being held together by uh, seven ligaments after this last uh, surgery. And, and the whole uh, goal was basically to kind of build up the, and there wasn't really anything else they could do regarding the ligaments. I mean, ligaments aren't something you can. Uh, you know, really strengthen it in and of themselves. So the goal was to uh, strengthen the muscles around those ligaments and, and try to, you know, create a little bit of protection um, uh, for the, the inner part of the shoulder with the exterior part, basically, uh, in uh, very layman terms. And uh, But it, they knew it was a risk. Uh, he knew it was a risk, and, and all of last year, uh, you know, there's a, a part of us that was hold, holding our breath that, uh, nothing would happen, and obviously as the season went along, uh, he just seemed to get stronger and stronger, and uh, it never really was an issue at all last year. But he got it uh, torched pretty good at the U.S. Open this year yeah. uh, when he was wrestling Don Bradley, and uh, it it basically came back out. And again, the way it's been explained to me, it, it popped out of place, and normally with the, you have a dislocated shoulder, obviously it hurts uh, like crazy, but you can pop it back in. Well, they popped it back in on the mat, and then it fell back out, uh, basically on his way back to the locker room, which told you that, uh, yep, this is not good. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the goal right now is to kind of rehab it a little bit and see if they can uh, get the, the muscle around it again strong enough that he can uh, at least compete. But he... He is really going to be limited here uh, for the foreseeable future, and, and obviously collegiately, again, he's, he's not going to compete again this year. Right. Uh, all right. So it's not the only issue Penn State has right now in, in, with the wrestling room. No, that is for sure. And I, I'm not exactly sure, Steve, but still where Brady Berge uh, stands with some of the, uh, you know, he's had a couple of concussions now, and obviously that's something you, you take very seriously, especially when. He's talking about multiple incidents within the, you know, a couple of months here. Uh, so that's something that they're continuing to monitor. And uh, I'm really not entirely sure whether Bergie has been cleared this weekend uh, or not. Uh, like we'll find that out uh, hopefully a little later uh, today. And then, you know, Shakur Rashid has been battling uh, to get back from this knee injury forever and finally did get cleared. So that is a piece of good news. Uh, with Kyle Connell now officially out of the, the lineup, and he's been battling injuries. And I really think, um, yeah, his body was just telling him it was uh, his mind and his heart uh, were telling him he wanted to give it another run here. 
Uh, but his body, uh, really from the start, was just uh, not in good shape, and, and obviously he ended up suffering a, another uh, season-ending injury. And uh, and you feel for that kid too. Again, he had his uh, moment in the spotlight a couple of years ago, and that's that's good. He at least has that to, to look back on. Just uh, as nice a kid as you're ever going to meet, but. Uh, you know his his college career is now officially over as well. All right, so obviously this really tests the depth of the program, and this is something that we've all talked about that the great depth that is in that wrestling room, but it's not all, also completely experienced either. So how do you look at the depth of the program and the test it's going to receive over the next six weeks? Yeah, it's going to be a, a big test, Steve, and, and you know the whole goal obviously is to, to get these kids as. Uh, up to speed as you can by the end of the year. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, both Aaron Brooks and Seth Nevels have plenty of talent. Uh, Brooks is uh, just a, a phenom and I think can really do some damage here at 184. And as he continues to get experience, I think is uh, is really going to uh, evolve here into uh, an upper uh, echelon contender here for uh, certainly All-America honors and, uh, and you know, the hope is obviously by the end of the year that he can be uh, in the hunt for a national title at 184. And Seth Nevels, much the, the same thing. I'm not sure realistically. I think you're looking at those top three guys as uh, you know. I think that's going to be a tough, uh, tough hill for him to climb to get in with the, those three. Uh, wouldn't necessarily rule it out, but I think uh, you know the hope is again as he gets some experience, uh, gets a little more. Uh, Big Ten competition under his belt, but by the end of the year, he could be, uh, you know, a, a mid-level All-American contender, and uh, you know, might be able to to place as high as fourth or fifth here at the national tournament. Okay, and a key for Penn State uh, in recent years and winning championships was the ability to just get bonus points all over the place. I don't care whether it's a dual meet or a Big Ten or national tournament. Where do the bonus points potentially come from for this team? Yeah, and that, it is going to be a key, Steve, because Iowa has a lot of bonus point potential uh, itself this year. I, I think certainly, you know, you start with Vincenzo Joseph and Mark Hall as, as guys that uh, have been bonus point machines uh, for the last season and a half now and, and just need to, uh, you know, continue that pace, if not ratchet it up a bit. But certainly uh, at the Big Tens and Nationals, you'll be counting on those two to certainly lead the way. Uh, in terms of bonus points. But Nick Lee is is a guy that has just been putting up points at a very high level as well, and, and certainly in the early rounds of the, uh, the Nationals, you're looking for bonus points there. And then, uh, again, I, I think as the season uh, continues along, you, you look at Roman Bravo-Young, I think you look at a, uh, certainly a healthy Shakur Rashid, uh, and I think by the end of the year, Aaron Brooks and Seth Neville, they, again, same thing in those early rounds. I, I think those are guys that can, and uh, probably will need to score bonus points for Penn State to uh, to overtake Iowa here when it's all said and done. Great moments, though, are, are born of great opportunity. So who are the guys that you're looking at that the opportunity is there for them and this might be their moment to step forward? Yeah, I think for Seth Nevels, obviously, this is a huge opportunity, and, and he's been kind of right on the cusp here uh, of breaking into the, the elite, if you will, of the, the heavyweight. So uh, this is a tremendous opportunity for him. Obviously, Aaron Brooks we talked about, but a couple of guys, Steve, that I think are just um, guys that are, again, if Penn State is, is really going to make a run at this thing, 
uh, are guys to watch. Is uh, is Roman Bravo Young is also a very good start, but uh, again, I think now with the, the way this season is shaping up, Bravo Young's got to be you know certainly a top five guy and probably a top three guy. Uh, and, and scoring bonus points when the opportunity is there here uh, this season. And then, you know, the other guy that I, I really think is, is whoever emerges as the starter here at 149 has to be a guy that uh, at least gets a couple of wins at Nationals, whether it ends up being uh, Jared Verclair, which is, uh, I think, what most people are expecting, or Luke Gardner. And, you know, I think Gardner is very much in the thick of that thing. And, uh, you know, this hasn't played out quite the way the coaches or uh, the team would like in terms of having that lineup set uh, because of some injuries and some, um, you know, things not developing the way you were hoping at the Wilkes Open. They were kind of hoping that uh, that Wilkes Open would settle some things at 125 and 149, and uh, they just never had that opportunity. So those two weights are still unsettled. And, uh, you know, certainly if you can get some points, any kind of points at the uh, Nationals out of 125, uh, that's that's going to be big for this team as well. I, it really feels like this is a year. I mean, we say it every year, but uh, this feels like a year where truly every point counts. And, yeah. you know, this thing, when it's all said and done, I mean, we may be looking at a point or two that's the difference here between national champion and runner-up this year. Uh, Illinois and Northwestern are coming in. It's interesting, the Big Ten in reality in wrestling, like in almost every sport, is a grind. An absolute grind. But Penn State has, has from the outside looking in, made it look so easy. I think yeah. maybe people have forgotten it's a grind. Because even when they yeah. were winning big, it was a grind. All right? Yeah. Okay? Uh, so when they get to Northwestern Illinois, this is where the grind gets going. So what are you anxious to see as to how they handle this grind with this, this new lineup and new faces? Yeah, I, there's a lot of intrigue, Steve, and, and one of the things I'm really curious to see is, is just kind of how that team chemistry, which has been uh, unquestionably a key here for Cal uh, and his staff uh, since he, he's come in, is, is just kind of how that develops within the, the dual meet team itself. You know, the, the program certainly has uh, very good chemistry within it, but it's a little different when you get that dual meet situation and the starters are looking to kind of feed off the momentum from one another, and, you know, that, uh, you just have to kind of see how that plays out here. I think, uh, you know, there's a opportunity here, as, as you said, for a lot of guys to really step up and be part of something special here. And, you know, it's going to be how some of the older guys take them under their wings and how kind of everybody responds here to this challenge. All right. So it's Illinois and Northwestern coming up this weekend. Um, nothing is a given. <laughs> That's, no, that's, that is that's, for sure. Nothing is a given. After, I think for some people, everything has felt like a given for ten years, at least most of it. Yep. This is not one of those years. <laughs> no. No. And, and, and in you, a lot and, of ways, and, Steve, and, I, and you know what? There's a, there's a part of that that I think makes it exciting. It, it does. I think it is good for the, for the sport. Uh, you know, and. and you know, Kale and uh, the coaches, to their credit, even talked about it after the loss at Arizona State. Obviously, it's not what they, they want and the, it's not what they're shooting for, but they recognize the uh, the excitement that that brings to the sport when uh, when you get a, a dual meet uh, upset like that. And we've had several of them in college wrestling here in the early uh, part of the season. So I think the... Uh, I, I didn't find it, it, I didn't find that exciting. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I don't do think you. I don't a, think you did either. <laughs> no, that is for sure. But I do think it, it really is adding to the intrigue 
uh, as this season goes along. And obviously there's going to be some huge opportunities here for Penn State, including the matchup with Iowa. Yeah. Uh, and I just, you know, and obviously then you're going to have big times and nationals here at the end of the year. And I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways this will be the most challenging year for Cal uh, and his staff since he's been here. And uh, I think in some ways, again, it's, it's certainly not something they were hoping uh, would happen here in terms of the injuries and the uh, shuffling and the uncertainty. But, you know, it, it does get the competitive juices going. And I think, uh, you know, these guys kind of want to see what they can put together here. And in a year where I think many now are doubting whether Penn State can win a national title, um, you know, this is a position that they're not used to being in. And I, I think in some ways they're uh, – they're relishing it and, yeah. and wanting that opportunity to go out and uh, and prove that uh, you know this is a program that uh, can overcome some adversity in a given season and, and still get to the pinnacle at the end of the year. I'll give you a scouting report on the dome when I go buy it next week. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Thanks so much. Appreciate you always. Thanks a lot. And that is Jeff Byers. Uh, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. And back here on the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Back at Trillo here with you as we continue through the 4 o'clock hour. Thanks again to Jeff Byers, Penn State Wrestling play-by-play, and certainly some tough news for Penn State there as they will be losing one of their top wrestlers for the year in Anthony Kassar for the rest of the year. So we'll see how that depth goes moving forward for Penn State as they get, as they continue for the rest of the year on the mat. So if you miss any of that interview, you can catch that over on the podcast page. We'll have that loaded shortly after the show. That's at stevejonesshow.com, or you can also subscribe on Apple, Google Play, or iTunes. We have all three months of shows posted for you there, so you can check that out. And we have all the links posted, too, on our social media pages, at Steve Jones Show on Facebook, at Steve Jones PSU on Twitter as well, so you can check all that out there, too.
Locally tonight on our other Sunbury Broadcasting stations, we have a big game with Bucknell men's basketball tonight. They'll be at Navy, they'll be at home against Navy, excuse me, at uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, that's tonight, tonight at Eagle One Hundred Seven. Yep. Uh, what? Shiklamy's playing basketball tonight. Uh, Midwest Danville wrestling is tonight, right? Yes. So we got all that, and so that means the suit has to do the uh, well I mean, the chief has to do it the... <laughs> I mean it's a point now right my understanding is the chief's like pointing the suit toward the court I mean I just I'm I'm getting concerned aren't you He's over there winning all the awards and all the other everybody else doing all the work I mean it's I think the chief knew what he was getting into anyway. He's been putting up yeah, with Kevin for so many did. years. If, if there's a nicer guy on the planet than Dave Ritchie, and look, and they and look, Dave thinks the world of the suit. Now, over time, after being around the rest of us, Dave has softened his stance on the suit. <laughs> <laughs> And having spent time with both of them at the same time in the car for a road for a Shikalemi football road trip, yes, that is absolutely true. <laughs> uh, but they do a great job. They'll be on tonight. Uh, what seven oh seven? Seven oh six. They're after CBS. Seven oh six. Yes. Well, that extra minute could win us an award. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. A lot of pressure on Matty Ice right now. A lot of pressure. Suit's been in the studio. Harassing him. I always work best under pressure anyway. That I understand. And as you told me, just knowing that uh, Dave Ritchie was in the building was a big plus. Because it takes all the pressure of dealing with you-know-who. Okay, so. (laughs) He always comes to the rescue. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, By the way, it's actually a 540 pregame tonight, 6 o'clock tip. Yeah, that extra 10 minutes is going to make a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. So 6 o'clock tonight, huh? That is what I've been told. All right. They say so. And that is tonight. And then uh, what wrestling? Uh, we're not carrying it, but Midwest is going to wrestle Danville tonight because that was postponed from last night too. So, yeah. So a lot going on, uh, and a few weather delays, you know. Well, weather delays along the way. From yesterday, I had to drive back through it last night. And it was actually not that bad. It was all right. It really wasn't that bad going through it last night. 
All right. Uh, great to have you with us uh, here on the show. Thanks to Jeff Byers. That's tough news about Anthony Cassar, isn't it? Boy. Tough news. Great champion like that. It's, it's interesting. The one really, like, really healthy year for him. One really healthy year for me won the national championship. Hmm. Ah, but out for the year. That shoulder. Got him again. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's. Uh, you see someone that's worked so hard, great potential. Um, and then they have something like that happen. Ugh, hard. Very very difficult. You don't want to see that happen, especially if somebody's worked that hard. You know. But boy, when you put it all together last year, it's something else. It's a different. Uh, it's a different year, though, isn't it? It's all a different year. And you know, we talk about every team starts from scratch. And I think one of the more important questions I asked Jeff Byers in that interview was, where will the bonus points come from? Penn State over the years won dual meets and national championships because of bonus points. Bo could give you bonus points. North gave you bonus points. You know, you go through that. I mean, Mark Hall, you know, Mark Hall gives you some bonus points. Yeah, but mm, awfully tough. And you know it's a difficult run. It always is a difficult run, okay, to get anywhere. That's why you don't take the eight national championships in the nine years for granted. To their credit... They have um, made it look, even though it is not. Okay, so this is all about perception, but they make it look so easy. And of course, it's not. It's anything but. A different year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, now we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe, I mean, I was like probably licking their chops saying, ah, this is our year. Like, okay. We'll find out if it is. Why do I sense that this this has a chance for Penn State wrestling to be one of those now improbable magical years in wrestling. Say this, wrestling at home, they'll get that passionate support. It's going to make a huge difference. Jake Fromm, by the way, is declared for the NFL draft. Tom Brady says on Instagram, I still have more to prove.
you know, what's interesting is that in our staff meeting, one guy says he's already reached the pinnacle and there's nothing left to prove. I think he's going out to work with Dave Ritchie tonight, isn't he? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Penn State's next game is Wisconsin. They'll get Illinois tonight. Georgetown's got St. John's tonight. Alabama's got Mississippi State. Pitt's got North Carolina. Notre Dame's got NC State. Florida State, Wake Forest. Kansas, Iowa State. Arkansas, or as the suit calls it, Arkansas, takes on LSU. Auburn, Vanderbilt, Duke against Georgia Tech, San Diego State, Wyoming. San Diego State's a good team. Penn State, by the way, 24 in the net, so they dropped seven spots after the loss to Rutgers last night. I think uh, Ken Palm, they're right around the same area, too. I think they fell to 27 in the Ken Palm. 24 in the net, 27 Ken Palm. Rutgers moved up to 20. They're a pretty you know, balanced team. Yeah, they're ba- yeah, they're, they're they're a good team, they're balanced. Uh they play really good defense. They don't uh the offensive rebounds a big part of their game. I, you know, and I said, you know, these are all things I talked about yesterday, Matt. I mean, nothing happened in the game in terms of what Rutgers was going to do that we didn't talk about in the show yesterday. I said, look, they're averaging 12.4 offensive rebounds a game, so the missed shot sometimes is their best offense. I said they've held 10 of 14 teams under 40%. They held Penn State to 36. I mean, nothing happened in the game from the Rutgers' perspective. They didn't sit there and go, ooh. I said they're not a three-point shooting team. They hit two. So none of that... made a difference to me. I saw everything I thought I was going to see. But Penn State didn't didn't hit shots, and they did not get the blocks and steals that make such a big difference. Again, no Wheeler. He only played 11 minutes last night. And Wheeler, Wheeler fouled last night. The flagrant was absolutely the right call. Uh, he's got a, Wheeler's a guy. Everybody talks about Dred's got to get going shooting, and Dred does. Dred was 0 4 last night. Didn't score a point and did not hit a shot at the Palestra either. He hit six free throws. Well, actually, he did hit shots. I'm sorry about that. He had 14 in the game. But he was 0 4 last night in threes. But Wheeler's got to get going in this way. Wheeler's got to, A, get going defensively. And then the next part for Wheeler is that he's got to pick his spots and get some blow-bys to the bucket. I think that's going to be important for him. And I don't mean he does that seven or eight times in a game and ends up with 14, 16 points. Wheeler has got to do it three to five times a game score a couple times, and then the other ones, hey, when he draws it, boom, kick it and get a layup or a dunk for somebody else. See, I think he can do all of that.
Yeah, I think he can do all of that. But he's got to get back to doing it. I thought he was passive last night, and then again, the flagrant was just a stupid play by him. There's no getting around it. It was just a stupid play. Uh, yeah, you you got to be smarter than that. you got to keep yourself in the game, too. Come on. Keep yourself in the game. I don't know. Uh, but he's got to play better. Because then Myron has to play the point. If Myron's playing the point, that means... Uh, he's handling the ball more, which then brings with it. When you're handling the ball more, it brings with it fatigue. That's why you'll see sometimes if you have a good ball handler on a team. I'll give you a good example from years gone by. So let's go back 20 years. Joe Crispin didn't always bring the ball up for Penn State. There were times because Titus Ivory was a good ball handler, and Titus Ivory in 1998 was forced because of injuries to play point guard, or 97, was forced to play point guard. He learned how to handle the ball in those situations. There were times, like, for 10 minutes of the game, Ivory would bring the ball to the floor, and Joe could just run up to a spot. You know how much how much that takes off of your legs that you don't have to work your way up the floor with the ball? And so with Myron Jones, you want him to be able to run up the floor and get set. And not always have to bring the ball to the floor because it takes you know there's a wear and tear in the legs. Lamar Stevens has got to keep himself on the floor. Now he's got to get a better whistle too. I don't care what anybody says. You need a better whistle. I mean, two of the four fouls called on him last night were absolutely flat out dead wrong calls. Just sorry, you don't like my assessment. Go back and look at the tape. I'm not wrong. I just praised you for the uh, call on Wheeler. That was the right call. If you make the right call, I'll I'll say in the broadcast, now if the crowd's like screaming, I'll say, no, they got it right. I mean, last night there was a ball clearly off Lamar Stevens. They called it Penn State ball, and I said right away in the broadcast, that went off Lamar Stevens. And then about five seconds later, they changed it. I mean, we're just trying to tell you what we see. So if I tell you that, a guy trips over his own two feet. I, he looked at me like he tripped over his own, own two feet. Oh, replay confirmed it. Tripped over his own two feet. Guess what? You made the wrong call. And why'd you make the wrong call? You're out of position. I mean, Lamar has not been getting... Now, sometimes Lamar creates his own problem, so it's not like he doesn't. But I, I have felt all season he has not had what I call a kind whistle. I'm not a big believer in, like, you're the star and you get more preference than somebody else. But, but it also doesn't mean it doesn't go the other way either. I, I feel like he's had... I would say Lamar has had... Five to ten fouls called this season on him where I felt they, they got it dead wrong. And always bigger, stronger, and the whole deal. But that's not why Penn State lost last night. It may have made Penn, uh, Lamar tentative. But 
You can't lose rebounding. You can't lose fast break points. You can't lose points off of turnovers. Can't lose second chance points. Can't lose points in the paint. And can't lose the combo of blocks and steals. Penn State lost all six of those categories. You lose the game. That's why Penn State lost. Right? That's not Penn State basketball. Not Penn State basketball. All right. They've got uh, Wisconsin next, 215 Saturday. Coaches versus Cancer Game. Wisconsin's at home tonight with Illinois. We will come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. So now I've got a text. And I've got a picture of little Luke with Dad, and Dad is not taking long for Dad to indoctrinate the young lad. Of course. In life early. as an Eagles fan. <laughs> Though, unfortunately, he was disappointed. They've never won since he's been born. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said that on the show the other day when you weren't here. It's not his fault. He's a good luck charm. Right, it was Jadavian Clowney's fault. It was. You are not happy. No. And the NFL just said today, oh, we're going to review it for at least a fine. <laughs> just, I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all about player safety, we're supposedly. And Paul it kind of hit like this happens, especially on the, on the quarterback. And <sighs> there's no call, and we're kind of treating this like nonchalantly. It just... Paul Allen's estate is going to pay the fine. Yeah, probably. I think they can handle it. Probably, yeah. But, yeah, I was a little salty about that. A little? I mean, my goodness. I mean, mean, the suit and I were trying to talk you down. I was like, (laughs) yo, okay, hold on. But it's a problem, Stephen. You guys may have talked about this earlier in the week, but that official that was there, Sean Smith was his name, I think it was his, 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 he just finished his second year. Here's a problem now that the NFL's facing. The officiating has already been pretty bad, at least inconsistent at best. And a lot of these veteran officials now are starting to retire and leave. There's only a couple of them left. Once right. all these guys are gone, the officiating is going to be at an all-time low if the NFL does not do something about it. Hey, those booties on that kid are a little big, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they were a little bit. A lot of his clothes don't fit right now. He's got to grow into them. <laughs> Either that or he's got big feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I sense that's not good. That's not the issue. No. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Um, the playoff round that we're about to see this weekend is actually the round that the Super Bowl officials will be chosen from. So whichever referee grades out the highest, that is the referee that will be working the Super Bowl. You didn't know that, did you? I did not know that. I thought it was from the whole nope. playoffs. Of the- okay, so it's this round. Nope. It is this okay. weekend. So... So we have Cleet Blakeman, Bill Vinovich, Walt Anderson, and Sean Hockley are the divisional oh. round officiating crews. 
Walt Anderson. Walt Deflategate Anderson. Yeah, Walt, he's, he's had che- a tough year, too. Walt, you checked all the footballs, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, sure you did, sport. <laughs> Handle the footballs on every play. Yeah, sure you did. I say the best one out of that group is probably Bill Vinovich, but even so, I think he sometimes they they, they sometimes go overboard. His crew, Vinovich is pretty good. Hockey, I think, has a chance to be really good. You know, I agree. I mean, you I, can definitely see some of his dad in him. And who's the other guy? Uh, Cleet Blakeman. He's been in there uh, for Cleet a while. Cleet Blakeman is pretty good. Yeah, Blakeman's pretty good. The only one I look at is Walt Anderson. I sit there going, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Walt, great job on the Patriots-Colts. You know, the, your officials, all three of you handled the ball on every play. Never noticed it. All right. <laughs> we checked them all before the game. Sure, Walt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where's your gauge, babe? <laughs> it's like, sure Just like Sean did. Smith saying this week, oh, we, we didn't see any evidence of a, of a of an illegal hit by Clowney. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, sure you did. How about a look at the replay or two? I mean, you can always complain about a fish. I mean, I was talking earlier in the show. I mean, when you've got a four-game sample size, and I was talking about Penn State basketball. Penn State basketball has two guys in particular, actually three, between Brockington, Stevens, and Watkins. They play downhill. All right, so style of play, right? Penn State has 69 free throw attempts in the Big Ten. The opponents made 88. What? Penn State has 45 fewer free throw attempts than the opponent in four Big Ten games. That's more than 11 fewer attempts per game. Wow. I mean, is that a disparity? If it was style of play, I'd tell you flat out it's style of play, but it's not. It's not.